Good morning, Zoe Church. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, I have some exciting updates. Uh, so cool. And uh, a lot of these updates wouldn't be possible without a church like you and our pastors like Greg and Amber who get behind us and get behind what we feel like God's called us to do. Uh, we have been a recipient of Kingdom Builders, my wife and I. Uh, we travel full-time across the U.S. Uh, just this last month, we saw over 500 teenagers give their life to Jesus in our travels just this last month, which has been incredible, which has been amazing. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, um, Zoe has also been an amazing supporter of a dream that God put in our heart called Everyone Everywhere. Uh, we launched a clothing line called Everyone Everywhere. Who's the gospel for? It's for everyone. Where was the gospel meant to go? everywhere. The problem is, is right now, 42% of the world still has no access to the gospel. And so um, we have our brand new winter line with us today. I brought some photos on the screen. You can get them after service. We have a gray crew neck, this blue crew neck I'm wearing, and then we have a limited uh, edition hoodie that we just came out with. Those are them right there. And uh, what's really cool is after service, when it's all done, um, we get to write a check to Venture and Project 42 through Zoe Kingdom Builders. So we get to do that literally today. Uh, we have some right out there. If you want one, cool. If not, we're just glad you came to church today and we're so happy that uh, you're with us. Uh, if everyone could stand with me for the reading of God's word, uh, we've been in a series titled Make Room. Make Room. Last week, Pastor Greg preached from Hebrews and talked about throw off everything that so easily entangles, throw off the sin. And uh, let's make room for Jesus. And so today, I have one verse to get us started, and then we're going to get right into it. I really believe today's message is going to uh, inspire, impact, and equip us to live this thing out. Uh, it's on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, it's John chapter 16, verse 7. It says this, but I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go. Uh, it's better for you that I go. Jesus is talking here to his disciples. He's going to die on a cross, not much further into the future. And he's telling his disciples something. It's actually better for you that I leave. It's way better for you that I'm actually not here. He says, for if I do not go, then the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus, thank you that you wanted something better and you said it. Help us to receive the better today that you talked about in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Give it up for God's word. You guys can have a seat. The title of my message today is titled, It's Better. It's Better. I have a question for you guys. Uh, how many of you love things that make something better? Like, if it can be better, would, would you want that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just if it could be better, would you actually want it to be better? I, I don't know about you, but I love things that make something better. One of those things is um, I love cookies, okay? But know what makes a cookie better? Chocolate chips. It makes it way better. And hold on, leave that picture up for a second. Not just chocolate chips. You want to know what makes the best kind of chocolate chip cookie? Not the milk chocolate chocolate chips, but the semi-sweet chocolate chips. That makes it better. To everyone who loves milk chocolate, you're doing it the wrong way. For some of you, grandma raised you on milk chocolate. Go to Cup Foods. Go to Hy-Vee. Get the semi-sweet. Give it a try. Watch how much better it is. 
How many of you know warm, hot, baked chocolate chip cookies are amazing, but what makes them better? A cold glass of milk, throw up the next picture. It makes it better. Thank you. I'm just, I don't know about you, but if, if something could be better, I want the better in my life. I want to experience what's better. I love eggs in the morning. Anybody know what makes eggs better in the morning? Bacon, baby. Come on. Bacon and eggs. What about uh, last night I had this? I had a cheeseburger for dinner. What goes good with a cheeseburger? Fries in a Coke. Not Diet Coke, not Coke Zero, not Coke with lime. Ice cold Coca-Cola. Goes really good with the burger. It just makes it better. Thank you. Um, we have an amazing wide receiver by the name of Justin Jefferson, but no, it makes it better. Resigning Kirk Cousins to a new deal. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it does. All you that want the rookie quarterback to be drafted, yeah, I'll see how we feel a year after that. Kirk makes JJ better. If it's better, wouldn't we want the better thing? I know I might have some disagreements with people on the whole Kirk thing. I just love Kirk and Julie. They're so sweet. Makes it better. But here's the thing. Jesus said it was better for him to go away. But know how I feel like some of us treat what Jesus said? Is we actually really don't want what's better for our life. Um, a lot of us are like this. We're a, we're a vessel. Uh, we're a container. Scripture uses these analogies that we're like a vessel. We're a container. And um, here's the deal. Greg preached this last week. We were never meant to hold sin and garbage in our life. We were never meant to be containers for that. But know what we were designed for? To be full of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why Paul is writing so, and emphasizing in such a great way is get rid of all the sin, throw it off, is because God and his Holy Spirit has wanting to outpour into our life. But some of us, we don't really know what to do with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And for some of us, God wants to fill us, but we're like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, no, actually, no, it's a little weird. And some of us potentially are missing out on what Jesus said was better, potentially because of a really bad, poor experience. I'll just say this. If Jesus said it was better, I want it for my life. If Jesus said it's better for him to go away, which by the way, if I heard Jesus say that, I'd look at him and be like, you're lying. It's not better for you to leave. It's better for you to stay right here with me. I would say, you're lying. And know what Jesus would say back to me? Get behind me, Satan. For you don't know just how he did to Peter. He says it's better to go away. And if that's what Jesus said, then I want it. But for some of us, when you hear the words Holy Spirit, depending how you grew up, depending what TikTok and YouTube videos you've watched, depending what you've heard, your background, you might have a really weird connotation of the Holy Spirit. 
And today, Pastor Greg, as he said, hey, this is where I really want you to go. Our heart for Zoe Church is to make room for the Holy Spirit. Because you want to know what? The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. And so I'm going to teach what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do through your life as we allow to make room for the Holy Spirit to begin to fill our lives. Uh, Number one, if you're taking notes, you need to write these down. If, If you have a phone, a note, this is fundamental. This is, you have to get this in order to go where I'm taking you. Number one is this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person of God. He's not an it. He's not Casper the ghost that flies around. Like, oh, I saw a ghost. There he is. He's not that. He is the person of God. You have God the Father. You have God the Son, Jesus Christ. And you have God the Holy Spirit. In Genesis, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. In the New Testament, you see the gospel writers talk about Jesus saying, I obey my Father. Jesus saying he's the son of God. And now Jesus in the gospel of John has two chapters of discourse telling us it's better that he goes away because the Holy Spirit's coming. Here's what you need to understand. The Holy Spirit's not some weird figure, not some weird ghost, not some weird manifest thing. The Holy Spirit is the person of God. You have to understand this, which means, guess what? You can talk to Holy Spirit. You can talk to him because he is God. Not only is he the person of God, number two, a Holy Spirit does this. You received the Holy Spirit when you received salvation. Um, Ephesians 1 says this, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Here we go. This is important. When you believed, when you believed that Jesus died and rose again three days later, when you believed in Jesus... You became a new creation. When you believed in Jesus, something different happened in your life. You know what that is? You received the Holy Spirit. You were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That means this. When you repent of your sins, you surrender your life, and you believe in Jesus, you now have the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Thank you. He's the person of God. You receive the Holy Spirit when you experience salvation. It's why your old life, you used to go this way, doing whatever you wanted, whatever made you feel good. You encountered Jesus, you heard the gospel, and you did a 180 and started walking a different way. And now there's things pulling at you to go back this way and go the old way. But now there's a difference because the Holy Spirit is inside of you saying, don't go that way anymore. That's evidence that you've been given the Holy Spirit now in your life. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit is the person of God. The Holy Spirit comes when you receive salvation. Now, here is who the Holy Spirit is, and here is what the function and the role of what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Number three, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit is an advocate. He's an advocate. Some of us didn't know that, and some of us maybe 
have a hard time understanding that, but here's what Jesus said. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. Do you know what an advocate is? An advocate is someone who fights for you. An advocate is someone who stands up for you. An advocate is someone who says, hey, you stay there. I got it. You stay right there. I got it. I love that one of the key descriptors Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit that was going to come, he is a advocate. I have a question. Have you ever felt stood up for? Have you ever felt like someone fought for you, stood up for you? Um, I love basketball. I played basketball. When I was a little kid, like 10-year-old kid, I was on a traveling team. A dad walked up to me, a teammate, a teammate of mine, his dad walked up to me. After we won the game, he looked at me, cornered me, started ripping into me. I'm a ball hog. You're ruining the team. We just won. And he's blasting me. My dad was in the car waiting for me to leave. I walk in the car. I am sobbing, crying because I got ripped by this dad. My dad says, son, why are you crying? You won the game. What are, you, what are you doing? Like, you had a great game, son. Why are you crying? I said, dad, my friend's dad ripped into me, started saying all these things to me. My dad says, son, stay in the car. My dad shuts the door, walks into the gym, finds this dad, and I only know this because my teammates were standing there and watched this. My dad walked right up to this dad, said, did you talk to my son? He said, yeah, I did. My dad stood right here in his face, said, don't you ever talk to my son. If you do, I'm going to knock you out. All my teammates were like, oh, my word. Can I tell you, as his son, I was like, let's go. Yeah. Take that, dad. If you are the teammate dad and you're in the room, I'm sorry. I just shared a story about you. Sorry. It's possible. You never know. Can I just say, though, the feeling of having been stood up for and fought for is exactly who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in your life. He fights battles for you. He's better at fighting for you than we are. So let him be the advocate in your life. The Holy Spirit is advocate. Here's what else Jesus described. Number four, the Holy Spirit lives with and in you. It says this, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Y'all, God never wanted to live in temples and buildings made by human hands. God has always wanted to occupy and fill people with his Holy Spirit. His very name is Emmanuel, God with us. And it wasn't just a good tagline. It wasn't just a name. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will live in you. He will live with you. You want to know how the Holy Spirit's really living in you and with you? There will be evidence in your life through something called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You will watch your life start to exemplify love, joy, Peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And I just beg this. If those aren't coming from our life, are we actually making room for the Holy Spirit to live and fill and be with us? Or are we like, oh, no, 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 that's just a little weird. Like the whole Jesus thing, I, I can get behind. The whole like God the Father, I can kind of get behind. The whole Holy Spirit, no. And Jesus is saying, he wants to live in you and with you. And if you're like me, you blow it. You blow it at times. 
But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit will always lead you back to what he produces in your life. It's why you can go to your wife and say you're sorry and humble yourself because the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, humble yourself and apologize. That's the work of the Holy Spirit who's living in you and with you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. Number five, the Holy Spirit is teacher and he will remind you of everything Jesus said. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and will remind you of everything Jesus said. I have a question. How can the Holy Spirit teach us when we don't know what Jesus said in the first place? If the role of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of what Jesus said, then we need to play our part and start opening our Bibles again and start reading what Jesus told us to do. Because you know what the Holy Spirit will always do? He will always point you back to the truth of God's word. It keeps you from being really weird and now being really false in your ways because you've deviated from what Jesus said in the first place. So the Holy Spirit, guess what? He's a really good teacher. Um, know where I like to do this is when I find myself in scenarios, I have no idea what to do. I feel stuck. I feel at a loss and I have no idea what's going on. And know what I do? I just say, Holy Spirit, what should I do in this scenario right now? And I wait and I listen. He said he's a teacher. He's going to teach me. I remember a specific instance. Uh, something, a little disagreement with our marriage. And Steph and I, I remember it was late at night. Steph's laughing on the front row right now. She's like, that's the nervous laugh. Like, what is he going to say to the whole church right now? <laughs> it's better. So I... Uh, I'm in bed. I'm like, I have no idea what to do right now. Like, I don't know what to do. You know what I did? I just said, Holy Spirit, how do I love my wife and what do you want me to do right now? The Holy Spirit showed me something to do out of left field, don't normally do it. I went and did it and I literally watched as my wife softened and it created a restoration of the disagreement we were doing in our life. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit is really good at being a teacher in leading you to restore things that are broken. We need to listen to him. Number six, the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. Some of us, when we read the word convict, we're like, jail time. I'm going to jail. Holy Spirit, put me in a cell. I'm in jail. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction has its roots in love. Condemnation has its roots in hate. The Holy Spirit will always convict because the Holy Spirit loves you a whole lot and wants you to do what Pastor Greg talked about last week and get rid of the sin in your life. And here's where we like to stop. We like to stop by confessing our sin to Jesus and be like, oh, it feels better. But know what Jesus loves to do? He also loves it when you confess one to another and you pray for one another so that you might be healed. Listen to me. There has got to be someone who has the fruit of the Spirit in their life 
that knows every sin, worst thing about you, because here's why. We may have right standing with Jesus, but healing, James says, comes when we confess one to another. I have offloaded some really shameful, really yucky things to a 50-year-old guy who's a pastor, and I've just gotten rid of it because the Holy Spirit sang, Micah, this can't stay in your life anymore. You've got to expose it. You've got to bring it to the light. So tell someone, confess, and guess who started all of it? The Holy Spirit. Because he wants to lead you into fruitfulness. Number seven, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. If the worship team wants to come on up, that'd be amazing. I'm sorry, that's different than what I told you before. Y'all are the best. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Listen to this. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, this is the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. This is good news. Because we live in a world that doesn't give a rip about truth. I doesn't give a rip about truth. And one of the number one functions of the Holy Spirit is he will lead you into all truth. He won't just lead you, he will guide you. This coming weekend, I'm speaking in the mountains of Oregon. It's actually a really cool place. Um, don't judge me for the first part. This camp uh, was a cult. Um, it, it's in the Netflix documentary. Um, it's, it was a cult. The cult got exploded by the FBI. A Christian business owner bought the camp and flipped a cult camp into a Christian camp where kids are coming to know Jesus. It's amazing. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's really good news. That's who Jesus is. That's what he does. And um, the last time I spoke there, um, big fog rolled in late at night and snow. And we were driving on cliffs. In one wrong turn, I'm, I'm off the cliff. And the only thing that was guiding me, the only thing, I could, I could only see maybe five feet, ten feet in front of me. You know what was guiding me? My yes. GPS. Just, I call it yes. That's what I call it. It's GPS. Big on the center screen. It's an inside joke between a friend and me, Justin Bogley. I call it yes. A big center screen. And a big map, because I got the new rental car. You know, the rental cars, they always give you the new ones. Big map. And the only thing that's guiding me on these cliffs is a GPS. You know who the Holy Spirit is? He's a guide that keeps you on the right path. Some of us in the room might not be able to see what tomorrow brings. We don't even know what's five feet in front of us or how to navigate things. Can I just tell you, the Holy Spirit's really good at guiding us into all truth. He knows every turn that we need to take before we even see it. He understands. He loves you. He loves to guide you into all truth. And then this is my favorite. I'm excited about this. Number eight, the Holy Spirit will baptize you. Jesus says in Acts 1, wait in Jerusalem until the gift of the Holy Spirit comes. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will baptize you and fill you with this Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, hey, um, I baptize you in water, but there's one coming. He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. 
It's separate. Greg and Amber said, hey, if you haven't been water baptized, please get, come get water baptized. Because here's why. Jesus said, believe and be baptized. It's not like, oh, I don't know if I feel like it. No. Water baptism is this. I play for Team Jesus now. I'm on a different team now. And my belief is going to be proclaimed to the world. So I'm going to go in the watery grave and I'm going to come out new. Because Jesus said, believe and be baptized. So if you've never been water baptized, let's just start right there. Find out how you can get water baptized at the next water baptism. The Bible says, believe and be baptized. But then you see a subsequent separate baptism that comes from the Holy Spirit. Wait until you receive power from the Holy Spirit. Because when he baptizes you, when he fills you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know whose idea the baptism of the Holy Spirit is? Not some crazy theologian, not some crazy pastor, not even a YouTuber, a TikToker. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is God's idea. And he said, it's better. It's better for you. I want what Jesus said was better. Some of us, though, we get a little kooky and a little weird when it's like, oh, uh, I don't like that part. I'll just stick to the Bible. Oh, the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That was just for the apostles. That was back then. It's not for today. No, no. The Holy Spirit didn't just mark apostles. The Holy Spirit filled ordinary men and women of God. The Holy Spirit wanted to baptize all flesh. That he would pour his spirit out on all sons, all daughters, anyone, anyone who would make room for Jesus. I'm sorry that maybe it's been weird for you, but I'm going to give you a challenge that I just read this morning from Peter. Who am I to stand in the way of God? Because what happens is when I say, oh, oh, no, no, let's block that. Actually, let's, let's hold that back. I am now standing in the way of what God wants to do in my life by filling me with the Holy Spirit. And some of us say that. The believers, 120 of them, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. You want to know why Jesus knew it was better for him to leave? Because he knew the church of Jesus Christ would need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live this thing out to the end because it meant for the original context, it meant every single disciple of Jesus being killed for their faith, being martyred. And Jesus is like, you're not going to be able to do it apart from me. So what you're going to need is you're going to need the infilling of the Holy Spirit because people are going to accuse you. People are going to gossip about you. People are going to slander you. People are going to try to wipe you out. Know what you need? A power that's not from you. A power that's from my Holy Spirit. That's for everyone. Everybody in the room. He wants to fill you and baptize you in his Holy Spirit. And from the beginning in Acts chapter 2, all the way through church history, we have people who are pursuing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you know one out of 12 people in the entire world are spirit-filled believers of Jesus? One out of 12 people in the world are filled with the Holy Spirit and following Jesus. 
God is still baptizing people today. God is still filling people with his Holy Spirit today. And as a church, pastor's heart is let's make room for the Holy Spirit to lead us. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit to guide us. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit to be an advocate and fight for us. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit to deal with sin in our heart that's got to go. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit that wants to baptize us and fill us with this power to live this thing out. That's why we're doing this series. That's why we're making room. And here's the whole point of my whole message. I call it the big so what. This is what we say. The Holy Spirit exists, is my favorite part. The Holy Spirit exists to glorify Jesus through you. John 16 says this, verse 14. It talks about how my Father in heaven will be glorified when the Holy Spirit comes, which means this. The Holy Spirit doesn't baptize you to make you a more spiritual Christian than your neighbor. The Holy Spirit doesn't baptize you so that you can look at someone and say, I speak in tongues. You don't. The Holy Spirit doesn't baptize you so you can get a badge that says, look at what I can do. The Holy Spirit baptizes you so it can bring a whole lot of glory to Jesus. That's why. It's why Paul says, oh great, you can speak in tongues, but you don't love people, you're really annoying. Yeah, you're annoying. Oh, good for you, you can speak in tongues, awesome. But you don't love people, you're annoying. Oh, you can prophesy of the best of them, great. You don't love people, what are you doing? Let love be your highest goal. A love for Jesus, a love for the lost, a love for your neighbor, a love for your own family. Let love be your highest goal. Does the Holy Spirit give you the gift of tongues when you're filled with him? Is there evidence of tongues? You bet. It's right there in the Bible. Multiple instances. You might speak in a language you don't understand. Guess what? It wasn't meant to prop you up. It was meant to edify and build you personally. That's in scripture. Does the Holy Spirit prophesy through people? Are there gifts of the Spirit? Absolutely. It's still affecting the church today and it's been for centuries. Who am I to stand in the way of what God wants to do? You know what my challenge for the whole church is? It's on the screen. My challenge is this. Let's make room for what Jesus said was better. If Jesus said it's better, let's make room for it. Here's the deal. All we are are just vessels. You know what was meant to happen? The Holy Spirit to fill you, to fill you, to fill you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you, empower you, give you a power. I'm not going to finish the illustration because it's going to make a hot, wet mess on the stage. The Holy Spirit wants to overflow out of your life and bring glory to Jesus to the world around you. So church, let's make room for what Jesus said was better. If everyone could stand with me, if you're able to, I'd love for you to come to this altar and make room for Jesus. If you're able to, I'd love for you to leave your seat and make room for the Holy Spirit to fill you, to baptize you, to deal with you, to con- whatever God wants to do. The What he says he does in his word, I want God to do that. So right now, would you just come? Would you leave your seat if you're able to? Just to make room for the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to make room for you. Holy Spirit, I need you to lead me. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me. Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me. Holy Spirit, would you baptize me? Holy Spirit, would you anoint me? Whatever it is God needs to do, let him do it. Let's make room.